Hello, everyone. Hi, I'm Henry DeVries. Welcome to the Marketing with a Book podcast. Glad to have you here today. It's not the Marketing a Book podcast. No, this is Marketing with a Book. It's something different. It's how independent consultants can attract high-paying clients by marketing with a book and a speech. It's a one-two punch. A book is the number one marketing tool for a consultant. Speaking is the number one marketing strategy. Thanks for being with us today. We have some special guests. But before we begin, we wanted to do our author roll call. So I'd like all of you to introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, and give us a title of your book, either your current book or your upcoming book. So with that, I'd like to uh, start off with uh, Chris Hodges and then go with David Goldman. Hello, everybody. Thank you very much, Henry. Uh, my name is Chris Hodges. I'm the author of Noble Automation Now, and what I now say is helping humans be heroes in the age of automation. I live in Denver, Colorado. When the robots take over, you're going to be my first call there. Thanks, Chris. Okay, gotcha. David, welcome. Thank you, Henry. Hi, I'm David Goldman. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, currently in Bonita Springs for the winter, Florida. And I wrote the book, The Road to Happiness, How to Get What You Really Want. David, I don't want to give you pushback, but winter has been over for a while. Not in Except Pittsburgh. Except in northern Minnesota, where Mark is from. Winter is still there, I have to say. But well, this is but, the first nice week in Pittsburgh I've been checking. So good, it's finally good. nice in Pittsburgh. Thanks for being with us today, David. Thank um, you. Let's welcome Steve Brody from Houston. Hi. Yes, I am from Houston, Texas. And it is, it's not winter here. Actually, it's 91, 91 degrees today. We're... We're two degrees below a record high for the month of May. It normally happens a little bit later. But anyway, a few years ago, I published my book called What Happens After the Sale. I really liked your book because there's so many people, uh, like we say, publishing a book is the starting line. So many people like selling the business, the exit, um, they thought that was the finish line. It's really this new starting line. And your book does a great job of discussing that. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, Steve. good. Thank you. Um, let's welcome uh, Mark LeBlanc and uh, see if I'm missing somebody here. Uh, well, Mark, uh, and then Dr. Steve. All right. Thank you, Henry. My name is Mark LeBlanc. I'm in Edina, Minnesota. I run a speaking business and my upcoming book is titled Bringing in the Business Without Sounding Like a Salesperson. Very excited to be co-authoring uh, this next book with Henry and David Goldman. Thanks, Mark. And Dr. Steve, currently writing a book. Uh, tell us about it. Yeah, thanks, Henry. Thanks for not forgetting me. Yeah, I am uh, Steve Swavely. I'm a leadership neuropsychologist in Hendersonville, North Carolina. And the working title of my book is Optimal Team Performance. Okay. Well, welcome, everybody. You're in for a treat today. And David Newman is someone I met 
10 years ago, a decade ago at Mark LeBlanc's Whatever It Takes conference in lovely Bloomington, Minnesota at the Holiday Inn. And we were put together at a table and we quickly realized that we needed to create a mastermind of two. And we've met regularly and helped each other and uh, been in each other's books and promoted each other's books. Uh, two great books I'm gonna recommend. He's the best-selling author of Do It Marketing. And it's 77 action ideas. And David played around with numbers and found for him 77 was a magic number. Um, nice book too in that um, the uh, American Management Association published it and they went with two colors uh, throughout. Uh, it, really, it really pops and with the gray bars and all that. Um, so good for us authors to note. Actually, when we print now, um, it costs more to print a full color book, but it doesn't cost any more. Uh, you don't save it by doing a two color book now versus four. Um, it's just four colors. And then his follow-up book, Do It Speaking. And this is where we're at today. We're really talking about this. And I recently attended uh, a two-week, I don't know what you call it, David. Uh, let's pin David up here and, and get him on. I need to officially introduce him. But uh, I guess that's a master class that you do for two weeks on helping. I think it was speaking. the uh, our two-week speaker speaker challenge to get speaking leads. Okay. So this is my endorsement. If anybody gets a chance to attend his two-week speaker challenge in the future, it is great. We're going to do some, I don't know, previews from it today. Uh, just uh, David has a lot of knowledge to drop. He's a, he's a CSP, Certified Speaking Professional. He serves as the chair of the National Speakers Association Million Dollar Speakers Group. So these are people who can bring in a million dollars a year, a million dollars to quote Dr. Evil there. Um, he's the author of these uh, best-selling books I've talked about. And uh, he's got a new thing going on. He's the creator of the Do It! Exclamation point MBA mentoring program. So David's very creative in the programs that he comes up with. He's very generous with helping people out with uh, you know, an initial strategy call. Uh, I, we do initial strategy calls here. Uh, David did them first. And um, well, I don't know. Mark's been doing these for a long time too. Uh, he just calls them coffee talks. But um, the point of the matter, and I do have a point, is that he's generous in helping people. And we want you to be generous too. Um, he, he's always doing something, creating something new, and always offering people an opportunity to get involved. He keeps telling me I need to get off the road, and uh, he just stays there in Philadelphia the most he can um, with uh, the family. But um, I'm going to be getting back on the road. One of the reasons is so I can get to Philadelphia and I think have a Cuban pork sandwich with David. I think that's on the menu. So. David, so great to have you here today. Um, can we talk about some of the highlights of that course that I attended? I think we need to. So, 
That was my cue for you to start talking, David. Oh, oh, I, I thought this was a Q&A format. I thought you were going to do like questions. I, I should just pontificate about how brilliant and wonderful and handsome I am. Okay, yeah, I can sure. do it that way too. Sure. Um, David, let me ask you this question. Yes. How can authors be paid speakers? What's your best advice for them? Well, not to start with too broad of a question, but let's 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 first of all back this up. I think a lot of people that are new to this whole concept of paid professional speaking, and I know that a lot of my clients, and I'm sure Henry, a lot of your clients, and Mark, a lot of your clients, when they get into this, they've already done dozens, in some cases, hundreds of speeches for free. And someone taps them on the shoulder or they've had some revelation or someone took them aside at an event where they were speaking and they said, hey, how much are you getting paid to be here? And the person said, excuse me? I said, how much are you getting paid to be here? It's like, I'm not getting paid to be here at all. How much are you getting paid to be here? Oh, they're paying me $10,000. They're paying me $15,000. They're paying me $7,500. They're paying me $5,000. And then these people realize they have this thundering flash of the obvious. Wait a minute. Some people can actually get paid for doing this? Well, this is too much fun. This is what, so get up on a stage, pontificate, share your expertise, rant passionately about what you believe in deeply, and people write you a check? It's like, yes, people write you a check. I remember that um, somebody, one of our NSA folks, and it may have even been uh, the convention that Mark chaired, uh, it was definitely uh, in the New York Times. I'm not sure if it was the New York Convention, but there was a write-up. There was a small write-up in the New York Times, and it said the National Speakers Association, comma, the Association of, of Professional Speakers, and then it said, who knew? Literally, the, the comment was, who knew? Like, ooh, that's kind of a barb. It's like, there are people who get paid to speak. Yes, there are people who get paid to speak. Now, I would say there's also two kinds of speakers, just to lead into Henry's question about this whole speaking leads thing. Uh, there are people who are full-time paid professional speakers where that is really all they do. Uh, and that is a really teeny tiny percentage of people who get paid to speak. Most people, including I'm sure many people that are on this call, many people watching, uh, paid speaking is part of what you do, but you may also be a professional of some kind. You may be a consultant a lawyer, uh, uh, someone who's involved in training or coaching or some other profit centers in addition to your, your paid speaking. Uh, and that is really the majority of people, uh, the kind of the pure 100% speaking fees, and that's all I do. That's not really a thing. So this is kind of speaking, paid speaking for the rest of us, to borrow a tagline from uh, Steve Jobs and Apple. Uh, and so the question is, well, can I get paid to speak? The answer is yes. Heck yes. Uh, should I get paid to speak? And I think this is one of the big confusion points. I know Mark teaches this. I know Henry teaches this. Many of our colleagues in NSA kind of school of hard knocks, we've come to realize this. There are two tracks when you look at a speaking strategy. And really the Do It Speaking book is about how to use speaking as a one-to-many marketing tool and how to use speaking as a one-to-many sales platform. So instead of having one-on-one -on -one 
sales conversations with prospects, you could literally be talking to 50 prospects at a time or 300 prospects at a time or 80 prospects at a time. So the two tracks are paid professional speaking, write me a check, I show up, I do my program, I go home. Second track is lead generating speaking. And lead generating speaking is you're in front of a, uh, what we call a target rich environment um, where you have a, a strong, strong sense, if not actual evidence that your next three, four, five clients are hiding somewhere in that audience. And you're doing, you're doing a speech for quote unquote, no money uh, because you're getting, you're getting clients out of that. So my highest speaking fee that I've ever charged, ever gotten is 12K, which is not, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, you kind of start being serious and then, you know, there's people that are doing 15 and 18 and 20 and up and up and up. The most I've ever made from a room full of people where I got paid $0 to be there was about $36,000. I don't know of a lot. I mean, I do know, actually. I do know a couple of speakers whose fee is $35,000, but there's not many of them. Uh, could you be a quote-unquote free speaker, walk into the right room with the right message, have the right call to action, invite people to follow up with you in some uh, conversation, some sort of sales conversation, and close them on a 5K, 8K, 10K program, you probably could. So what I always tell people is I really don't care if you get paid to speak. I care very much that you got paid because you spoke. So that you got clients from that speech. You got uh, not just leads. I mean, leads is great, but I want leads that convert. I want leads that convert to paying clients and not someday and not three years down the road. They came back and they remembered me. I'm talking like within the next two to six weeks. So that, my friend, is what the Speaking Leads Challenge is about. Uh, the Speaking Leads Challenge, depending on the speaker's particular business model, some are after paid professional speaking, and that's great. That's about 20%. Uh, Henry, that group that you were in, 20% of those people were paid professional speakers, and 80% were folks like us, consultants, coaches, professional service providers, trainers, facilitators, uh, you host CEO roundtables, you host VIP days, you host retreats, weekends, seminars, all of that great stuff. And you're there to fill your pipeline. And that speaking is a fantastic strategy for doing that. So that's, that's the spiel on the Speaking Leads Challenge and where that the origin of that came from. Somebody came up to me recently and said, so what's your spiel? Do you understand what that is? And I said, oh, I understand what a spiel is. <laughs> Thank you. I got this. Um, okay. You're an honorary Maybe, member of the tribe. I am. Well, yeah, well, we won't go into that. But yes, I've been anointed. Okay. Three books I recommend. I want to get this on writing. For the business of speaking. Do it speaking. David's book on the business of speaking. Money Talks, Alan Weiss, and it's how to make a million as a speaker. Um, he's a contrarian on purpose. And so he goes contrary to what a lot of people talk about. Judy Carter, The Message of You, about you think there's an oversupply of people who want to be paid to speak. 
and an undersupply of people who will write them a check. And she shows it's just the opposite. There's a great supply of people who are willing to write a check for a speaker who can open or close their meeting and get people emotionally involved. And as Mark LeBlanc likes to talk about that, you can make them think, sure, anybody can do that. Any author can make people think, but can you, can you touch their heart? Can you stir their soul? Can you tickle the funny bone? In other words, they laugh, cry, feel noble about it. You can open and close a meeting with a, with a message that they like on the corporate level, five to 10, 7,500 to 15,000. I like to think at 10 to 20, David, and I'd love your opinion. At 10 to 20 and beyond, we've got to be a, a bit of a celebrity to get those kind of dollars or what's your experience? Not So I, I don't think so these days. I mean, there are some, uh, <laughs> I say this with all due love and respect. Uh, there are some very successful 10K, 12K, 15K speakers who are totally no name, totally unknown nobodies. Um, they're not nobodies in that they don't deliver value, they don't have a great message, but extremely far from a household name. I mean, maybe they're known in their niche, maybe they're known, maybe they have, you know, um, a very popular blog or YouTube channel or podcast or some, some other, um, uh, you know, tangible points of proof about their expertise, but they're really not a big deal outside of that little niche. Um, and it's almost, you know, the, the whole thing about, oh, well, so I just, we just had our big three-day conference last week and I showed two clips. I showed one clip and you can find these on YouTube if you search. Uh, 24 of the world's greatest pianists across a 50-year time span playing uh, Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. And it is threaded together so that it's all one continuous piece, but it's different. It's different people from different eras playing this piece of music. I say, which one of those is the best? And everyone in the audience is like, eh, they all sound the same. And then I pull up this young guy. He's like in his early 20s. And he starts out playing Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata, but then he starts doing these mashups and he starts bringing in synthesizers and he starts doing these drum tracks on his laptop. And it's this amazing, fantastic uh, orchestral mashup. He did this just in March of 2022 uh, at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. He's on the big stage there. It's a real concert. It's a real deal. But it's a YouTube video. And I said, OK, so there's this guy. Can you tell me that he is better than the 24 world's greatest pianists like Claudio Arau and uh, Daniel Barenboim and all of these different maestro pianists? It's like, they all sound the same. This kid is the one who you're gonna remember. So that's what today's 10, 12, $15,000 speaker is. Not somebody who's like leadership, blah, 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 strategy, blah, 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 sales, blah, blah, blah. The moment you look alike, sound alike, um, uh, you know, the moment that you're kind of preaching from the same playbook as everybody else, you're instantly commoditized and your fee is irrelevant because no one's going to pay you. No one wants to hear the same old lame old information. What people want to hear now, and it's funny that you brought up Alan's book, uh, you know, Alan's an acquired taste. And I think that's because he is a contrarian. You know, he, half the people love him. Half the people hate his guts. And that's why he's successful. 
Um, I'm, I'm trying to get to the 50% hating my guts. I'm, I'm almost there. I think I'm in the low 40s. Uh, but you have to piss some people off uh, with your, and again, it's not information. Uh, speakers are not in the information business. Speakers are in the insight business. Speakers are in the opinion, recommendation, slant, bias, perspective. We don't need more information. The world does not need more leadership information, more marketing information, more sales information from any of us. What the world is hungry for and what your audiences and clients are hungry for is guidance, insight, perspective, recommendation, slant, biases, what's right with the world, what's wrong with the world. Who's wearing the white hats? Who's wearing the black hats? Who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? Whose advice should I listen to? The beauty of, of speaking in 2022 and beyond is no matter what your topic expertise, the world is a vortex of conflicted advice. One person says, go left. The other person says, go right. The other, you know, one person says chocolate. Someone else says, no, it's strawberry. And so there's all this conflicting information. If you're in front of an audience and you say, folks, here it is, here's the way, here's the path, here's what's right with the world, here's what's wrong with the world. One of my favorite things to say at a live event or even a virtual event is do not, so I'm in a long lineup of other speakers, I'll say do not, do not believe what you've heard at this entire event, including from me. Because, right, there's no cookie cutter. Everything has to be adapted, everything has to be personalized to you. So whatever stage and phase of your business that you're in, if I'm giving a stage 17 strategy to someone who's in stage three, they shouldn't listen to that. They shouldn't pick that up. If I'm talking about a stage 17 strategy to someone who's in stage 47, they also shouldn't, right? So it's like, what's going to fit? What's going to work? And I tell people, I'm going to lay out a buffet table. From this buffet table, you only take what works for you, what resonates with you, and what you think you can reasonably uh, implement. The things that you don't understand, the things that you don't like, the things that you don't get, leave those on the buffet table. Such great advice. Another book I'm reading right now that I recommend is The Business of Expertise by David C. Baker. And I have followed David and written about him for years. And one of his recommendations that I started this week is write down your 20 best insights. And we're in the business, experts are in the business of sharing insights, just to back up what you said. And what are your insights? I loved how you put it, that we're not in the information business, we're in the insight business. Totally. So I wanted to share, if it's okay, a couple of samples and think of it like when you go to Costco, they just give you a little sample and you go, mm, good cheese. Yeah, okay. So I wanna give some uh, David Newman samples here. And then David, I'll ask a question so you can expand on it. Sure. Um, one of the things I love was, um, a lot of people say focus. Oh, you got to focus. Pick a niche, niche, whatever you want to pronounce it. Um, you have some direct tools where you're really showing people that you need to be interesting to less people, but be more intensely interesting to them. Could you expand on that? Sure. Um, <laughs> so 
at one point, about maybe 14, 15 years ago, I came home from a training day or a speech or whatever it was. And I'm sitting down with my wife, who we're, ma- we're married for 37 years at now, not then. Uh, and I say, you know, I think that I have made myself a rock star to the completely wrong level of person. You know, I have, I have, I have done so much work to build myself up in front of these low level kind of goofball people, number one, who are not economic buyers, number two, who are all over the map. They're so disparate. They're so spread out. They're so unfocused, Um, but they love me. They, I get thank you notes. I get emails. I get messages on LinkedIn saying, you're awesome. You're fantastic. We're never going to buy anything from you, but boy, do we love you. You right there. You, you're the best. And I was going broke. So it's like, I, I got to set up my tent in a different village here. So, so the, the focus that we're talking about is the more that you know your target market, and I don't mean just like 15 minutes of Google research, I'm talking about deep visceral knowledge about their pains, problems, heartaches, headaches, challenges, gaps on the negative side, on the positive side, their goals, their hopes, their dreams, their aspirations, how they talk about where they want to go, where they want to go, um, what they're, what they're uh, you know, in their world, what's missing, funky, broken, and sad, and literally make a list of all these things. Make a list. This is going to be a fantastic, big, long list of 30, 40, 50 items. And then that's what you start talking about. That's what you start marketing to. That's where your sales conversations start to center on those points. That's what you're posting on LinkedIn. That's what you're posting on Facebook. That's what you're asking about, talking about, tweeting about. By the way, it's May. I'm not sure if Mark has done his annual tweet. But, but this would be important to find out because this is how you should do the annual tweet this year, Mark, is figure out what it is that your people are really going crazy around. Mark already does this. But figure out what your people are already going crazy about and come onto the scene with the exact uh, solutions, answers, insights, um, uh, tips, strategies. Uh, we call this call-out content. So call-out content is content that only your perfect, very narrow, very specific economic buyer would ever care about. People who are not your buyers would just scroll on by. They wouldn't even notice it was there. It was like invisible. However, for your target market, for the exact people that you want to do business with and that you want to enroll as your next client, it is going to be screaming out their name in 10-foot neon letters. And it's going to say, this is for you. So in my world, and I write about this in both books, whether you're marketing or whether you're marketing, you're speaking, the only purpose of marketing in my view, macro level, planetary level, is to get across two ideas. Idea number one, I get what you're going through. Idea number two, I can help. That's it. When you empathize and you describe their problem better than they can describe it themselves, that's when you start to get client conversations on the right track. That's when you start to build some momentum of yes after yes after yes. Yes, you're hired. Yes, we we want you to come in and speak. Yes, we want you to come in and train. Yes, we want you to come in and coach our executives. But that's what you need to do. There was a a, a last point on this. There was a detective show, one of the big popular detective shows. And uh, the, the lieutenant 
was coming down to talk to the detectives and this investigation wasn't going really well into this one kingpin type character. Uh, he got away from surveillance. He, he, you let him get away. Listen, I need to know when this guy wakes up. I need to know when he goes to bed. I need to know every single move. I need to know how he likes his eggs. And that's what we need to do with our target market and our prospect is you literally need to follow them in your head. You need to follow them morning, noon, and night, and you need to know how they like their eggs. Because once you know them so intimately, anything that you have to offer, they will immediately resonate with, they will immediately go to your website or your LinkedIn profile, and they will say, holy smokes, Henry, it felt like you were talking to me. Mark, that sales page that for, for, for this program I'm signing up for, it, you must have written that for me. I don't know how you know me. I don't know how you have x-ray vision into my soul. But man, oh man, I read that and I said, this is my guy. This is my program. I had to sign up with you. That's the level of specificity that you need. And for that, you have to go deep. You cannot go broad. When you know There's no room in the world anymore for the generalized expert. Uh, I would even go as far as saying that generalists, you know, uh, experts win on value and relevance and generalists die on price. Generalists are now totally commoditized. There is no more economic bang for the buck in being a generalist. Okay. Not that I feel strongly about any no, of No, no, no. Don't sugarcoat it. How do you really feel? Right. Um, so it takes a lot of courage to do that. And it takes some research. So... Uh, David has some simple tools for you to research it. And during research for me, I looked at um, 20 groups for what I thought was my target. And what did they attend? Uh, you know, what groups did they join? What did they read? And then got a pattern. I looked at my 150 authors and found out the biggest group all had this one thing in common. The other interesting thing was the other group that I thought might be it, I've only worked with one out of 150 clients and I didn't like them. So this, the other one, the big group, I love them. And when I put together the list of places where I would speak, I had already spoken at many of those places. And so there were all these clues coming up to who the group was. Um, but then it cascades into all the other marketing materials uh, David teaches. So I'll, I'll just give mine. It's um, my topic is rainmaking tools for marketing agencies. So where do marketing agencies hang out? Well, there's a big show in Chicago. There's a big show in Cleveland. There's a big show in Miami. And I've, uh, I'm getting press credentials for all of them because I write for Forbes. What could you do? Because these cost an average of $2,000 to attend if you bought a ticket. But I'm not paying any money to get in there to do more of that research and just ask people belly to belly, you know, what is it about this that keeps you up at night? Um, if anybody wants a copy of the materials, just send me an email and, um, Suzanne, just put my email address in the subject line is Newman, and I'll just send you some samples of mine so that you can uh, rob and duplicate, R&D, rob and duplicate. Um, but David, I don't know where you came up with this. I'm going to 
read it and then have you respond to the why behind it. But um, so for my workshops, uh, I'm writing now that people attend my workshops when they're experiencing the follow business following business development challenges. Right. Frustrated, they do not have enough qualified prospects. <laughs> Concerned, they lack awareness. Worried, they have a have hit a revenue plateau, and they're anxious because they don't have a proactive marketing system. Boom. Um, so, how did you come up with that strategy of just finding? I want to call it the four challenges that you can share. Uh, well, I think you're talking about the construct about clients and audiences tend to hire blank when they're experiencing one or more of the following issues. Now, yours are all negative. Yes. So I want to kind of do a little caveat, little warning here. Uh, yours are all negative, right? Frustrated, worried, concerned, freaked out. Uh, generally, we don't want prospects who are frustrated, worried, concerned, and freaked out. Um, Mark likes to call those strugglers. And there's definitely, to use some LeBlanc language here, there's definitely copy that appears to, I'm sorry, that appeals to the struggler level. And there's also different copy that appeals to the achiever level. Again, using LeBlancisms here, because uh, he's here. Why not, why not use his brain too? I'll just right. borrow his brain. Um, so higher order problems attract higher order people. And, and I remember doing this, uh, I wrote a sales letter and I always like to test my sales letters. So I circulated it to a couple of my friends and clients and past clients. And one guy who I thought was going to be a perfect, perfect buyer persona, he sends it back to me. He goes, it really doesn't work for me. And I said, excuse me? He said, yeah, this, this, this doesn't really work for me. I'm not, I'm, I'm not vibing on this. I said, well, why not? He says, all those problems that you list, I don't have any of those problems. I was like, oh. Oh, because I was talking about struggler problems. I was not talking about achiever problems. Now, do achievers have problems? Uh, duh, yes, right? But it's, it's they want more. They want more. They want better. They want faster. They want stronger. So this is about acknowledging, hey, you're already strong, but you want to be stronger in this area? Hey, you're already going pretty fast. I'm guessing you want to go faster. You want to reach those goals faster. You know, things are moving really quick in your world. I'm guessing you'd like to arrive sooner, right? Trust me, you're on an eight-hour flight somewhere. Someone offers you a six-hour flight. You're like, I'll take it. I get there sooner. You're on a six-hour flight. Someone offers you a four-hour flight. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the four-hour flight. I get there sooner. Not that six is bad. You know, even eight wasn't bad. Eight wasn't bad. Six is better. Four is the best. So please remember this mantra. It's the best of the best who are the ones who invest. By the way, Mark LeBlanc here, he was doing a session. I, I forget, Mark, which, uh, which one it was, but you said, I think I found the key to increasing your, your speaking effectiveness by about a thousand percent. He says, you know what it is? Speak slower and repeat everything twice. Speak slower and repeat everything twice. And of course, the room breaks up in laughter because, of course, he just spoke slower and he repeated that thing twice. So, uh, but truly, the best of the best are the ones who invest. So, if you look at your website, you look at your LinkedIn, you look at your emails that you're sending out, you look at your promotions, are you talking to the lowest common denominator 
the ones that are just dumb and behind and laggards and just horrible at doing what you're doing? Or are you talking to what Mark calls the achiever level where guess what? Achievers still have problems and achievers have more money to invest with you to solve those problems. And sometimes, you know, I've had this experience. I'm sure, I'm sure folks watching here have had this also. When you find someone who is desperately, and I mean desperately in need of what you do, like, oh my God, this person, they're in horrible shape. They totally need what I do. They're the last, they're never going to buy from you. They're the last people that will ever, ever on the whole planet buy from you, even though they need it the most. So think about that as well. The people who need you the absolute most are never going to buy because the people who want to work with you are the ones who are the first ones who are going to buy. That's why it's the best of the best who are the ones to invest. Uh, those are the people that you want to go after. So just as far as Henry's copy language there, uh, struggle, worried, whatever, those are all kind of negative. I would sprinkle in, I would have a 50-50 balance. Yes, you're struggling with this. Yes, you're worried about that. But you also want this. You're also looking for faster ways to do that. You're looking for better methods to get you this, right? So think of the all the words that end in er, er, write this down, E-R, er, faster, better, stronger, sooner, right? It's I'm acknowledging, hey, you're already good. You want to get better. You're already fast. You want to go faster. You're already smart. You want to do smarter. So don't say smart leadership. If you want smart, you call me a dummy. Hey, 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 hold on, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean smart leadership? I'm already a smart leader. Smarter leadership. Now I'm not offended, right? Yeah, I'm smart. I'm doing what I can. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best. Yeah, but how about smarter? How about better? How about faster? That's what the A players want to see. One of our authors, Ed Tate, who's a world champion of public speaking, he talks about it. Those people want to cheap their way to the top. Yes. Um, Mark, if you're willing to uh, take a talking stick or the questioning stick too, I'd love to bring you in because we keep talking about what you said. Maybe we, we've got the original here. Maybe we should get the original model on, uh, on this too. Um, so, uh, Hi, Mark. Uh, Hi. Would you like to share something since we've been talking about what you teach? So actually, tell us what you teach on this. Well, well uh, I'm not quite sure of your specific question. Strugglers oh, okay. versus achievers? Yeah. So, well, so, and the four mores, I guess I, I should be a better questioner. Mark, could you explain your concept of the four mores? Because this seems to tie in to what David's saying. Well, in, in short, um, articulation is everything. You can have the greatest website, you can have the greatest collateral materials, you can have a nice demo sizzle reel, but if you cannot articulate the real value of your work with an economic buyer, uh, they can smell you on the telephone or they can smell you across the lens now. Um, if you cannot articulate enough, remember, I'll keep this short, um, uh, a buyer had my book already. And he said, I don't know if you're any good or not. We've got to do something. We got to bring in somebody. Um, but then he asked this, I thought this was a, a certain booking until he asked the question, you know, after you do your half day session and you leave, what can I expect? 
for our attendees? And I thought, oh, that, that's a good question. And I didn't know how to answer it. And I lost that opportunity. And when I lose an opportunity that I really believe that I should get, I go back to the drawing board. And I looked at everything I did across all my profit centers and it boiled down to helping people be more focused, helping them attract more prospects, stimulate more referrals and ultimately create a path and a plan for generating more business. And so I can pull that, what I call my four mores tool, but whether you have four mores or a greater, stronger, faster, um, you, you have to be able to articulate the real value of your work on a dime. David, what are your four mores or whatever you would call them for your work now? What, what are you talking about? What Thank you for asking. Faster? So uh, we, and we, we reinforce this everywhere. This is in our webinars. This is in our live programs. This is all over our websites. Uh, it basically comes down to uh, better, better clients, bigger deals and higher fees. Beautiful. Beautiful. I was re recently interviewing Tom Searcy of, uh, who wrote Whale Hunting and we co-wrote the Warren Buffett book together. Um, and he was saying what his people want are bigger deals, but um, faster. They mm. want to get there faster. Yeah. So that's a word that's resonating. Um, as I, in the last 100 interviews I've done with I, that target group of mine, when I ask them a question like this, um, they say they want more credibility, more impact, more influence. And if I press them for one more thing, it's more high paying clients. So that's, that's around the more language. Yeah. Um, and we can create or solicit measurable result testimonials. Mark do, does it, David does it, I do it, where people are actually mm -hmm. testifying that they got the more and the faster and the better. So that's, that's another uh, tip out there. Mark, while we still got you spotlighted, is there any question uh, that you would like to pose to David? I'm putting you on the spot. Um, if you could go back, and David, I've known you for uh, quite some time and, and you can certainly count me a fan. Um, if you could go back earlier in your career, let's say year number one, when you stepped into this space, if you could give your then self a piece of advice, what would it be? <laughs> Whoa, boy. Wow. Well, I came in such a hot mess. Um, As we all did. Yeah, I would say so. I was so stubborn that I refused any form of help. And I don't mean paid help. I mean, like free help. So I had, I would have friends, I would have, uh, Mark would call them advocates, I, I would have champions, I would have people that I've met and built really great relationships with. And they said to me in the first two, three years of my business on a continual basis, as I'm sure we all get now today, David, what can I do to help you? David, who do you need to meet? David, what, what, you know, who's, who's in my Rolodex that would be a good referral for you? All of these questions, my stock answer, cause I was an idiot. My stock answer is no, no, I'm good. 
I'm no, I'm I'm good. Thank you. You're very sweet. You're very kind. You're very generous. I'm okay. I'm I'm doing great. Where I was the 180 degree opposite. I was not doing great. I was clueless, broke, hitting every dead end, hit hitting every brick wall. But what I would sit down with David Newman, end of 2001, beginning of 2002, accept the damn help. That would be my advice to the earlier me is accept the damn help. When someone holds out, you know, and extends a hand, you grab onto that hand and you pump that person for as much wonderful advice and generosity and guidance and referrals and introductions and connections. And you tell them who you need to meet and you tell them how they can help you and have zero, zero pride uh, and 100% humility when people reach out to help you. Now, interestingly, I think most successful people, they've already figured this out. And the more successful we become, the more readily we ask for help, accept the help, collaborate with each other, showcase, feature, leverage other people like we're doing here. Um, I wish I had done that on day one. I dearly, dearly wish I had done that on day one. Henry, could I ask a follow-on question? Please. How could we be of best service to you now? Thank you for asking. See, that was a good test right there. Well, I'm always, I'm always looking to connect with consultants, coaches, trainers, speakers, experts who love the work of their work. They just hate the marketing and sales part. So someone who might not be a fit necessarily for you might be a great fit for me. Someone who might not be a fit for Henry might be a great fit for me. Uh, So those kinds of things uh, would be tremendously helpful. Second thing is podcasts. Podcasts where, so like similar to here, of course, podcasts that where you've been a guest, where the topic is marketing, sales, revenue growth, entrepreneurship. If you had a great time on that show, I would love a referral to that podcast host to uh, have the honor of following you sitting in their guest chair and just do more, more podcast guesting, because that to me is also a speaking strategy. Um, and every time that we do this, you know, people follow up or they're like, Hey, David, you know, how do I get connected to your, the next thing that you're doing? And, uh, so both of those things would be tremendously helpful and much appreciated. Um, thank you, David Henry. I I got a follow on comment reminds me of early in my career when I would, uh, speak around the twin cities. This was probably the mid nineties and, Every Monday morning in the Minneapolis Star Tribune business section, there was always a calendar of the upcoming events for that week on Monday morning. And uh, Tuesday or Friday luncheon, you know, Mark LeBlanc is speaking on growing your business. And all of a sudden, uh, there was a, a, an emerging speaker who began to follow me at events. And he would call the contact about a month after I was there. And he'd say, I saw that you had Mark LeBlanc speak uh, last month. He's amazing. Um, My work on X would be a great follow-on to Mark's program. And they'd be like, oh, okay. Um, uh, Can we we get some more information and book you? And all of a sudden he began to follow me all over uh, the Twin Cities. I think, David, that's a a brilliant suggestion. And I'll even go one step further. If you will send me, I can't speak for Henry, 
but if you will send me a paragraph written in your language that I can post on LinkedIn and Facebook, uh, uh, promoting something uh, that you have upcoming, I'd be happy to just personalize it in my voice and bam, I'll put it out there for you. Tremendous. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate that. That would be awesome. Count me a fan. Yeah. And, and CC me. Um, and you know, I love you, but we all need these reminders. Uh, I was on the number one rated marketing podcast called Lead Balloon, uh, hosted by a man named Dusty. I don't know if you've been on there, but I'm going to nominate you to be on there. Um, it gets a huge listenership. And no, I, I haven't been on it. I never heard you talk about Dusty. Yeah. So, uh, well, <laughs> see, I, and I like you. Um, okay. So, <laughs> um, David, uh, also, I know you have gifts to share today and a message you want to leave. So um, let's, let's thank Mark and thank me. And uh, we'll just finish off with uh, David having the talking stick and, and sharing what he wants to share. Tremendous. Well, indeed, thank Mark and thank you. So I thank both of you. Uh, the two resources for folks, uh, they're both free. One is our 37-page Do It Marketing Manifesto. So going back to the idea of what's right with the world, what's wrong with the world, what are the insights, what are the slants, what are the recommendations? You can get that at doitmarketing.com slash manifesto. And we also have some free online training, some on-demand training. And that's available for you at doitmarketing.com slash webinar. So both of those resources are free. Use them freely. Enjoy them. If something resonates with you, I'd love to hear from you with a quick email just with your response or your reaction to either one of those pieces of content. It's fantastic. Thank you so much for being our guest today. We'd like to have you back uh, once you've recovered from this. Uh, love to have you as a guest again a repeat offender, if you will. So thank you so much. Um, thanks, everybody. And we look forward to seeing you on another episode of the Marketing with a Book podcast.